Hello hi and welcome back to another episode of Movie Review with Radio Club DIICT. This is the Pride Month and we have for you Portrait of a Lady on Fire lined up today. Let's just start with the review already. Selena Shima's Portrait of a Lady on Fire takes place in the late 18th century on a secluded island. A painter, Marianne, one of the leads, is assigned the task of creating a wedding portrait of hers. The other lead. What initially starts as a treacherous painting exercise soon leads to something much deeper and intricate than the mere art of creating a portrait. The entire film has only four characters. Marianne is a painter who continues her father's legacy of portraits and paintings. Although on the surface she appears confident and tough, she's fragile underneath and in need of love. She has taken on the challenge of secretly painting her nails. Eloise is a young woman about to be married off against her will. Going through the trauma of her sister's recent death, she's going through a lot of emotional turmoil. Her mother, the Countess, would not let her out alone and enjoy her life in the fear of losing her. Marianne and Eloise get closer as days pass and are enamored with each other. Sophie is the housemaid. She plays a supporting role throughout and acts as a companion for Marianne and Eloise. Portrait of a Lady on Fire tells a love story through the lens of art. As the title of the film suggests, portraits play an important role in the film. The relationship between the leads is shown in conjunction with how Marianne's art and Eloise's portrait evolve. Back in time, getting a portrait made was considered a class affair, and only the very rich and aristocratic could get it made. Why did portraits play such an important role in art? Because portraits focus on the human face. A human face reflects the inner feelings of the person. It is a gateway to understanding that person's personality and emotions. The age-old saying that the truth can be seen in a person's eyes reinforces this idea of the face as a mirror of our deepest thoughts. The artist, who came before Marianne, had painted Heloise's entire portrait except for her face. But it was worthless because the face is the most integral part of a portrait. Portraits allow the artists to study their subjects and recreate their features in a precise manner. This film illustrates a completely new way of how the painter studies the subject which forms the story's crux. So, how does the painter, Marianne, study her subject, Eloise? The process of painting a portrait is a special relationship between the painter and the subject. Initially, when Eloise was not ready to pose for the portrait, Marianne would take long walks with Eloise and study her features and memorize them so that she could paint them later. Eloise is not aware that Marianne is creating a portrait. The product of creating a portrait through such fleeting interactions loses the magic and has no life. Eloise says the following about the portrait to Marianne. That it's not close to me is something I can understand. But that it's not close to you? That's sad. Deep down, Marianne knows this and hence, she destroys the portrait. Up until now, this was the first phase of the relationship. It is characterized by just fleeting interactions. 
the treachery of Marianne not revealing the truth early on, and the lack of strong bonding between the painter and the subject. This changes after the midpoint. Marianne and Heloise get closer and come to terms with their love for each other. They start spending time together and more importantly, Marianne starts understanding better for her to create the perfect portrait for Heloise. The bonding grows stronger and stronger and the relationship blossoms. This time, the result is a quality portrait that everyone likes. You observe that the film equates the relationship with the process of making the portrait. As the relationship between the painter and the subject gets better and more intimate, the painting starts getting a unique aura of its own. This equivalency in art and love is an important theme of the film. But is this the best portrait Marianne could create? No. Later on, once Marianne moves away from Heloise, she creates another portrait of Heloise from her memory. It is not a conventional portrait and depicts a scene where Marianne and Heloise strongly felt the love for each other. This is an actual portrait and it is titled Portrait of a Lady on Fire. We can understand two things from this actual picture. One, the memory of a person is powerful enough for us to recreate the scene for a portrait and hence, by the equivalency for the subject to be present, the subject need not be physically present. Second, this memory might be fleeting in time, but the feelings between the two are very deep and not fleeting, which is what ultimately matters. If you look at me, who am I looking at? This is another central theme that runs throughout the film. If Marianne is looking at Heloise for painting her, who is Heloise looking at? This actually is a widely debated concept in the field of art. It is closely related to the idea of gaze. An observer who observes a painting is gazing at the subjects of the painting who are the observers. But do the subjects, this is the observers, also gaze at the observer when they are gazing? So who then is the observer and who is the observee? Are both the spectator and subjects observers and observees at the same time? Such fundamental questions run deep through the theory of art and art criticism. They can also be extended to other art forms, not just limited to paintings. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is a clear manifestation of gaze. Marianne gazes at Heloise to memorize her features. It is believed that the one who gazes has the power, and this makes Marianne falsely believe that she controls the relationship between her and Heloise. By the midpoint, Heloise reveals that as much as Marianne has been observing, she too has observed Marianne. See, here comes the question, if you look at me, who am I looking at? In play. When Marianne is gazing or observing Heloise, Heloise has been doing the same with Marianne. So the observer here Marianne becomes the observee and the observee Heloise becomes the observer. This revelation is nothing short of a cinematic reveal in a mystery film and Selena Shima creates an impactful scene to float this idea. This interchange of roles shifts the power dynamics of the relationship. Now, Marianne realizes that this whole time, she has also been vulnerable to Eloise's gaze. Other than this, the gaze is also a device of love. You're pulled into gazing at people you love and admire. Here too, Marianne and Eloise gaze into each other's eyes, highlighting their love and longing for each other. Initially, when they have not realized their feelings for each other, their gazes at each other are not in sync and feel out of place. But 
This changes later on. Once again, the idea of gaze and all the theories related to it run very deep and it would be imprudent to go further deep in this analysis. You have likely heard the story about Orpheus and Eurydice. If not, here's the story in brief. Orpheus and Eurydice are husband and wife and they are deeply in love. But tragedy strikes and Eurydice dies an early death. Orpheus descends to Greek underworld to meet Hades and requests him to return Eurydice. Moved by his request, Hades agrees to return Eurydice, but on one condition. Orpheus must not look at Eurydice until they return to the surface. Towards the end of the journey, Orpheus becomes worried that maybe Eurydice is not behind him and he turns to look back. He breaks the rule and Eurydice is taken away forever. The story of Orpheus and Eurydice features prominently in Portrait of a Lady on Fire, both directly and indirectly. Marianne, Eloise and Sophie discuss the story and the possible reasons why Orpheus might have looked back. Marianne argues that Orpheus made a choice by turning back, in that he chose to have Eurydice's memory with him, which is the poet's choice and not the lover's choice. The lover would have wanted her to exist in reality, but the poet prefers the perfect memories of the past. Eloise goes further and suggests that maybe it was Eurydice who asked him to turn around. This is powerful writing and it showcases how good a job Selena Sheenmaha did with the screenplay. Not just the fact that she subsumes a famous piece of narrative in her film Surfered Leslie, but also how the story intricate relates to Marianne and Eloise's relationship. Marianne is Orpheus and Eloise is Eurydice. Marianne travels long distance to reach Eloise, similar to Orpheus traveling to the underworld. Inadvertently, she frees Eloise from her sorrows and loneliness, which is equivalent to Orpheus freeing Eurydice from Hades. So will Marianne be able to return with Eloise? No. Marianne and Eloise have to part ways and just as Marianne is leaving, Eloise says, Turn around, just like Eurydice might have. That is the last time Marianne saw Eloise on a trip, just like Orpheus saw Eurydice for the last time. There are certain other secondary themes that this film tackles. Given that the film is set in the late 18th century, it clearly is not an egalitarian society. In general, men do not support women, women are objectified, and their marriage to a suitor is considered the foremost priority. Eloise's feelings about her marriage are not considered at all, and all she knows about her husband is that he's from Milan, nothing else. There's a subplot of Sophie getting an abortion, which is an attempt at addressing a social taboo and a modern political debate. The lesbian relationship between Marianne and Eloise is not allowed, and hence, they cannot be together. But still, Portrait of a Lady on Fire creates a woman's world where they follow their desires and wishes, though in secrecy, still they pursue their passions. Marianne, Eloise and Sophie support each other. They play games, have meals with each other, create paintings and lead their lives on their terms whenever they can. Considering that the portrait of a lady on fire is heavily influenced by art and painting, it is necessary for the film to feel like one. Each frame is so meticulously crafted and each one feels like a painting in itself. Claire Maton, the cinematographer, does a fantastic job. 
the paintings shown in the film are created by Alina Delman. There is a lack of musical score in the film, in that the only sound we hear is the diegetic music. This means that the sound created by objects actually in the scene like waves crashing on the beach or the wind blowing. Having a score in a film that is powered by deep emotions would have added an extra charm since music can be instrumental in highlighting the character's tale and other details. But there are reasons for omitting the score, so the decision to have one at all is Selena Shima's artistic choice. All in all, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is an artistic achievement that flawlessly blends art and love. Masterfully written and boasting of great performances, it is a film that will tug you at your heartstrings. It provides us with a different look at how relationships mature and how the process of a creativity or art develops with them. I think that just about sums up the movie. We would especially like to thank Prasad Shah for helping us put up the show. This episode has been produced by Ayush Khamar. And we would like to request you to follow us on Instagram, YouTube and Spotify. That brings our segment to an end. Till then, this was RJ Aditi from Radio DIACT. Music that keeps you alive.